This is Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities taking a look at the wheat markets for Friday, March 10th. Well, wheat markets been on quite a crater here over these last couple weeks and really over the last uh, month or so the market has just struggled to get anything just to find some traction. In fact, it's been almost straight down since the middle of February. So that February break came a, a few days later than it normally does, but boy did it come with some force and uh, it has extended longer than is usual. So, you know, that's just another indication that we're in a longer term bear market, that your, your seasonals uh, last longer than they normally do and this this has come with quite a bit of velocity to the downside and it's drug corn along with it not uh, a big surprise there corn and wheat have been subbing for each other for a couple of years now and wheat has been much cheaper not only here in the western plains in cattle country but around the world for the most part feed wheat has in many areas at least has been cheaper than corn so a, a weaker wheat market has you know, it's definitely going to be a drag on the corn market. Um, we've got, you know, some just these offhanded remarks coming out of Ukraine a couple weeks ago about how, you know, they're talking about the renewal of the grain corridor and Ukraine complaining about the slow pace of ship inspections coming in to the Bosphorus Strait and leaving the Strait and just the, it's just backing up supply and they, they said they had 30 million tons of grain to export. Well, that was a big shock to the market. You know, we didn't think they hardly had anything left, much less 30 tons. So, you know, that was a shot across the bow. And that I think that really kind of put a wet blanket over the market. Now, that's not enough to, to have the market crater the way it has over these last few weeks and especially the last few days but I think what else is going on here and I to be honest I can't confirm this anywhere uh, but there was a remark on I listened to a, a Ukraine daily podcast about the war and they were talking about this grain corridor and they they remarked that the UN is suggesting bringing in a fleet of vessels that I, I'm guessing have already been inspected, so you don't have to go through this process, that they're, they're neutral vessels. They're going to get to Ukraine, get the grain, and get it out. If that's what's happening here, clearly that would be bearish to the market, and it would explain why it's wheat and corn being the hardest hit. That's what Ukraine has been exporting. So if that materializes, then we're going to see a sudden surge of grain into the world pipeline, and uh, that's... You know, where's it going to go? Well, it's going to compete with Russia, of course, and Russia's been hammering wheat down the world's throat for weeks now, well, months. Um, in fact, the Russian FOB offers had dropped below $300 a ton for the first time in one and a half years. With the washout that we've seen these last few days alone in wheat and corn, that's brought the rest of the world FOB offers pretty much in line with Russia, especially Europe. The U.S. might still be a little high, but it's a transportation issue with us. But when you're looking at France or Germany um, or even Ukraine, um, those, are, those markets have also cratered. And uh, they're, again, they're coming more in line with Russia. So 
now we're, we're pretty much on more even footing when it comes to Russia. The question is, are we going to see yet more pressure in the wheat markets? The night session is stable. Um, so I, I think that it's uh, probably going to slow down here. We, we've done a tremendous amount of damage to the charts, but there's only so much damage you can do before the market, if nothing else, has to come up for air just for a correction. The hedge funds have been short wheat, uh, heavily short wheat, before they stopped uh, re making the reports. Uh, the, the CFTC stopped giving out these reports, but th that's clearly, you know, the hedge funds have had a, a pretty strong hand here. Um, they might start taking some profit off the table. It certainly would behoove them. You know, we're headed into the growing season across the northern hemisphere. We're about to harvest the Indian crop that is not going to be as big as what they thought. They, they were estimating initially another record crop for them. And a similar thing is happening like last year. The heat and the dryness have come right as the crop is filling and it's simply just shaving off yield as we speak. So India is not going to have uh, the bin buster that they were hoping to have. Then of course you get into the breaking dormancy across the rest of the, the northern hemisphere um, in the Black Sea. They've had some recent moisture so they should be in okay shape. The question is how much did Ukraine get planted and uh, you know we're at least looking at a third less than what they normally would have planted. In Europe, they're looking okay as well. Here in the United States, everywhere but the key part of hard red winter wheat country, the western half of the central and southern plains, just is locked in this dry pattern. The six to 10 day forecast uh, does call for above normal precip on, on one of the, the models. On another model, it has that rain skirting to the north of the, the western plains. So we'll see what happens, obviously, before long. But, you know, we're well into the, the growing season in Texas. In fact, we're well into the heading stage. They haven't had any relief at all. So we're probably going to see a fair amount of abandonment or just really low yields. That'll be somewhat of a drag on the overall crop. But it's really, obviously, Kansas, so what you're looking at. Eastern Colorado, uh, you know, northern Oklahoma, that's the heart of hard red winter wheat country. Uh, that is first up here and again just has not been able to find any relief. When you look at the rest of the country, uh, the Midwest, the dry parts of the Midwest even are pretty much out of drought territory. The northern plains, um, except the far northern plains of Montana, is still in a dry situation but the rest of the northern plains has had quite a bit of moisture mostly in North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota. In fact, they've got a ton of snow still on the ground and more coming. Uh, Montana is kind of hit and miss, but you know, you should at least get these spring crops off to a good start. Now, when we're talking about wheat, of course, we're talking spring wheat, Durham, some white wheat that, uh, you know, grown up in the Northern Plains. I think the further east you go, as you get into North Dakota, Minnesota, um, there could be a real pull away from spring wheat acres. You look at the insurance rates for corn and soybeans. It's enough to cover the average farm expenses of putting in each of those crops. So why not? Why would farmers not grow more corn or soybeans than spring wheat? So I, I think there's a real 
chance that spring wheat has to fight for its acreage base. It's apparently not realizing that at the moment, but a few weeks from now, uh, that could be a real issue. Um, you know, farmers could be looking at making a shift here. You know, fertilizer prices have come down. There's all kinds of reasons why you could see a, a further loss in spring wheat acres. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, if Minneapolis futures don't see this coming, then it'll be too late and you just have to work your way through the growing season. But that's that's an issue that could develop, I think, here just around the corner. In the meantime, you know, the wheat market has just been pummeled. I don't have to tell anybody that's been watching the market that. Just in the last month alone, Kansas City has lost a dollar thirty-six, Chicago's lost a dollar forty-five. Minneapolis has lost $1.16. Corn has lost $0.80. It's just been a a wipeout. So, you know, we we should see some kind of a bounce. Whether it's going to establish, you know, longer-term low, I don't know. Usually when you have these kinds of sell-offs, the market will come up for air and then take one more jab down to, to retest that low and kind of make sure that that's going to be a longer term low. So I would expect that to happen. Um, but I think in the bigger picture, if the rains don't come in the next week or two, I mean, we're, we're starting to break dormancy in Kansas. It needs a drink and it's in very rough shape. It hasn't had anything really moisture since it was seeded for that matter. So you could see some significant abandonment or just major yield loss or whatever coming out of hard red winter wheat country. So I think between that and spring wheat needing to defend some acreage base, uh, those two markets could be the leader to the upside. Fundamentally, soft red winter wheat is in fine shape. You really don't have to worry about that. And I think that Chicago will probably be the laggard. So the bull spreads or the spreads between being long Kansas City and long Minneapolis versus Chicago would be the way to approach this. Now, of course, we have the war going on in Ukraine. Russia's lobbing bombs everywhere. Uh, knocked the power out to the nuclear plant uh, just the other day. So, I mean, that's that's a whole other issue. Obviously, that would be a significant bullish factor to the market if they start, you know, it, if there becomes a nuclear uh, problem. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But boy, the odds are increasing pretty quickly with the kind of uh, shelling that they're just indiscriminately dropping all over the place there. Anyway, so I don't I don't want to be short at this point, certainly. It wouldn't surprise me to see the market take one more push to the downside, but I, you know, headed into a growing season where you really can't afford to lose any production, and that's definitely a, a, a real possibility. I, I think that the market can rebuild some weather premium back in here fairly quickly. So, you know, we'll kind of keep our powder dry, look for the market to have one more push down or or maybe even just approach this with getting long some options to start a long position. But you certainly don't want to be short at this time of year, considering the price action that we've had. Uh, I, I think there's just much more risk to the upside than the downside at this point. If you have any questions, feel free to call at 1-800-888-9843. This has been Louise Gartner with Spectrum Commodities.